I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I was listening to this uh, Split Zone Duo. It's this podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how, as a group, Michigan fans don't really have the same like ride-or-die fanaticism about Tom Brady as you see with, like, Peyton at Tennessee or even at Michigan with, you know, Denard Robinson. And it's not like Brady has been a particular stranger to Ann Arbor, right? He still shows up, but they don't, you don't see this, you don't see this clamor around, around his career and the only, around his pro career anyway. And I mean, you know, the amount of Tennessee fans who, who followed Peyton to the Colts and then the Broncos can kind of be explained away because the Titans weren't there for a huge portion of folks growing up. Um, but in wondering if it was explained by the, you know, solid, not spectacular performance of his college career, you know, he had Mike DeBoard as a lead weight around his ankles uh, and the ankles of the future <laughs> all-pro tackles on the line. I started to go back down the list and I was like, okay, how would I feel about this or that, um, about, you know, like this or that quarterback if they had then gone on to string together 
what amounts to two Hall of Fame careers back to back. And, and I, I imagine I tried to put myself in a situation where I would have to feel this about like Rick Clausen. Mm. <laughs> and then yeah, I was like, yeah, and then yeah. I see, I started going down the Florida list for you two, and I was like, okay, what if Skylar Morninweg had gotten to just the caught, NFL? Had just caught fire. And just, and, and I was, I was trying to think of like who is the, who is where is the axis between like, okay, this is a really solid career. It's reasonable that he got drafted, and would just absolutely break my brain if if he had gone on to light it up in the NFL. Hmm. I and think I, I, I was going down the Tennessee list and I was going down the Florida list, but you know where besides Michigan has had the the biggest string of like fifth year eh, quarterbacks because we've talked about it before. Hmm. Georgia. So yeah. <laughs> And I'm going down this list, and one of them immediately pops out. Can you imagine Joe Cox just, just like getting to the getting to the NFL, glazing over into one giant freckle, and and just setting the record books on fire? And that, now I kind of get it. Like I, I didn't really understand the Michigan uh, mindset on that before, but now I kind of get it. Like. Well, Brady's weird because there are so many guys that we can name off the top of our head who they ride harder for, like mm-hmm. vocally, yeah. like Denard, Denard Rob- Robinson, Denard Robinson, yes. right? You say Denard Robinson to a Michigan fan, and they're like, "Yeah, I took a bullet for him." You say, it, Tom Brady, like, and "Is like, Chad Henney on that list?" I Chad Henney. Chad Henney won a playoff game, unlike some pro quarterbacks. We're Relatively, about. he's much higher. Like right, they, mm-hmm. right. They certainly think it's a lot funnier to tell you Chad Henney is theirs. Yeah, but that just like psychologically, that's fascinating to me. I don't really I have wonder, any where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of the top um, career passers like Drew Brees. Yeah, Purdue fans ride for. Um, and then there's a lot of small school guys. Uh, NC State fans are they crazy about Philip Rivers? I don't know. They're not I crazy mean, about much. I, yeah, I don't know. They are. They hasten to remind you that he went there. Sure. Because they don't have a lot else to point out. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Boston College is kind of the same way with Matt Ryan. Pitt fans yeah. go very hard for Dan Marino, even if they weren't alive at the time, because yeah. Yeah, they he's love a pit, all their he, NFL guys. Hey, he's a Pitt yeah. guy. He's a Pitt um, guy. Rodgers with Cal, I don't know if they formally acknowledge mm. each other at this no. point at all. No, no, because no, no, no. he, hu- he made a huge deal for a long time about not acknowledging them. Ole Miss with Eli, the two Mannings in the top ten are kind of, I mean, there's, they've been such stars their whole lives. I th- yeah. think they're the biggest aberrations in the top ten. Mm. Stanford um, with Elway, not a ton, but like Stanford doesn't care they, about these. They don't things. know they have a football program. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the rest, um, Russell Wilson is obviously a complex one. Montana <laughs> Notre Dame fans will remind you, at least older ones. Mm. Basically, um, if I go, if I wait, John you, Elway went to Stanford. Yeah, yeah. This is John new information. Oh, this John is Elway. New information from John me. Elway is on the John Elway is there for the play. Yeah, like John Elway went and like and clapped the trombone player on the back. And this that, is like that, that game like also kept John Elway reason, from playing in a bowl game. That's like half the reason Harbaugh was so connected to the Broncos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this this is, yeah. is my this is my lack of West Coast brain. Like if I take if I take and introduce you at the stadium during a game, do you get the lukewarm round of applause? Right. Like if I take Geno Smith and I introduce him at a West Virginia game, right? I think they're going to be uh, they're, they're going to they're going to fall down screaming. Right. Yeah. It's going to be an Elvis moment. 
Right. If I take Russell Wilson and I introduce him at a Wisconsin game, okay, I feel but like we didn't you're know now. Okay, this is another that, that leads into another that's branch of another philosophical discussion, which is would we have defended Tom O'Brien if we know Russell Ru- Wilson like we know Russell Wilson now? <laughs> yes. Would yeah, we have been thing. like this <laughs> mean glass of milk has a point? The, the oh, wait. factor with Wilson is he was one of the first stars of the pre-transfer era to have two two alma yeah. maters, right? Yeah. So, like, I think they go harder because they want to claim him away from NC State, or at mm. least they would have until the past year. And now they say he's more of an NC State guy. Okay, so there's two others I can think of roughly in the same time period. Troy Aikman at UCLA. Like, I don't feel like they're ever talking about that. Mm-hmm. And Jim yeah. Kelly at Miami because it comes before all the fun Miami mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's not yeah, part they, of yeah. the, the Miami teams that they love. No, they mentioned him good in there. terms of like how crazy loaded the quarterback rooms were at yeah. the time. But mm-hmm. like him as a solo guy, he kind of gets lost in the the deluge of stars that follow. Yeah, anyway, I I don't actually have anywhere with, I was going with that. I was just like, imagine Joe Cox having the career of Jalen Hurts. It's weird, right? <laughs> it's weird. It's profoundly weird. Imagine I, I Jalen Hurts having the career of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, <laughs> I think the Eagles should just run QB sneak the entire game. Just come out, scrap the whole game. Yeah, play, we're running rugby. Spot. Yeah, they're really good at it. <laughs> like they're amazing. They're at incredible you're, at it. <laughs> you're describing stretches of the game that that's what they more or less do. Yeah, mm. that's fine. Just and him and Sanders. Just run. Just run QB Sanders and push. And they like mix it up with like one play fake where they throw it deep to AJ Brown. Yeah, where you're like, like go, go burn! <laughs> <laughs> where your MVP is Jason Kelsey, and his face is literally like black with bruises from running. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best fucking game of my life. That's a great time. <laughs> Fifty-five rushing attempts, seven passing, dub. Fly the fucking flag, go birds. Kansas City is like, we only had three possessions. What the three fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three, three spectacular possessions. Like incredible, three, three for three. incredible plays up and we down scored the field. Touchdowns, we scored touchdowns and only held the ball for six minutes, but like, <laughs> shit. Andy Reid's like, 24-21. What the fuck? They got the ball first. <laughs> they got the ball last. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Jalen Hurts' line is like five for five for 180 yards on the five play action passes yes. they pull off of QB um, Sneak. America's Secret Service Academy, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are soldiers. <laughs> To the shutdown full cast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. This is a special episode today because it's a family business episode. I am joined by my uh let's see, uncle Jason Kirk Hall. Hello. Hi, Hi. Jason. Hi. 
Hi, welcome. Glad you can make it into the office where you definitely belong and deserve to be. Uh, Joining this is my um, stepbrother-in-law, Ryan Nanny. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Look, I know know what you're trying to do. And I've been really good about not interrupting the intro for like Mm -hmm. a month. Mm Because I know it's important to you to say everybody's name. Because we got on you about that. Yeah. But... There's been something on my mind for like two days after okay. talking about it with my wife, and I need to—I just need to bring it here. My stepsister-in-law. Yes. I think Dave Batista would be an amazing Jean Valjean. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, as I, Ryan, did this get in your brain after somebody said Dave Batista is basically—or it was Dylan. Who basically said uh, Dave Batista is now just if Bob Hoskins vaped? So that's part of it. It's part that, and it's part due to the Grammys. We were doing our favorite game, which is isn't it funny that Lin Manuel Miranda doesn't have an EGOT and wants one really badly, as like other people keep like Viola Davis has an EGOT now, and other people keep joining this list. That led to a winding road where it was like, oh yeah, uh, Les Mis was nominated as a film for you know all these acting performances even though it was a bad film and caitlin was like the thing that that movie gets one of the things the movie gets wrong and that recent productions have got wrong is that jean valjean is supposed to be a big dude like Mm -hmm. like the book and the musical make like a big emphasis on like this is like the biggest dude hoss french people have seen yeah and like that's why his name is john john right right yeah and I th- and thinking about it and like thinking the John about of Johns and thinking about like what Dave Batista wants to do with his career, I'm like, wouldn't he like just just fucking yoked Valjean? I think would be great, and I do think we keep Russell Crowe. Then as... he can't sing worse than Russell Crowe. <laughs> is Russell Crowe the singing voice? Is that how we do it? Because no, I, think, <laughs> I, I find that I think performance keep, irreplaceable. I, I think we keep Russell Crowe as Javert. I think so I think upsetting. Russell Crowe versus. Versus Batista is a really okay. Good so then, in the third screen. remake, can yeah. we finally address why they're all getting Javert wrong? Sure. Thank you. Who do you want to put in that role? Somebody who can sing. Okay. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm against it. <laughs> I'm voting. Y'all's problem that. is that you've never heard "Stars" sung the way it was supposed to be sung, and I'm sorry. I know exactly what I sound like, but I'm right. You're right. I like it the way it is. <sighs> how, nice about, uh, how about? How about? Can we do? Uh, can we get Dave Batista to an EGOT with what franchises? Oh, I would okay? love that. Because oh, sure. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say, do we get him the Tony with a revival production have of him, Les Mis? No, yes. we have, okay, we get him the Grammy for, uh, he's going to read Michelle Obama's ebook. Okay. Because right. that's that's a real easy a Dr. Really Wait, easy Dr. Way Jill Bynes. Dr. Jones. <laughs> yes. Yes. A real a real easy way for celebs yep. to get the Grammy is to do an ebook. Joe, um, Joe pulled me in closer yep. for a kiss. Yep. I've never experienced such love. Yep. Uh, you usually don't get to add such details to an audiobook, but if you got them, put them in. <laughs> sure. And then you and then yes, I think Revival of Les Mis, Tony for that. Emmy for doing a performance of that on the Tony Awards. That's the easiest way. The, the most mm-hmm. bullshit way to get yeah. an Emmy is to do a performance on another awards show. Those are the EGOTs that should to... come with asterisks, like yeah. when the New York Times says you bought too much of your own book. Right. I think yeah. we'll just send him back to TV. He'll get the Emmy for WWE SmackDown. That's fine. 
I'm good with that. And then Oscar for movie mm. version of Les Mis. Les Mis. We can get okay. this done in two years, I think. Mm. The other thing that bothers me very briefly is I think it's bullshit when musicals, musical movies get nominated for best song by adding a song that they stick in the end credits. I don't care when other movies do that. Like all the, the James Bond movies always get nominated and often win because they have a credit song. And that's fine. They're not musicals. I think if you add a new song just to get nominated, it needs to be in your fucking musical. You made a movie that's all about singing. You don't get to get credit for like, oh, we stuck a new song on the credits. Can we have an award? Play? That's, that's bullshit. I think that we should go back retroactively and award proper. Like, you should be able to give the best Oscar to the best song in a movie. Mm-hmm. Because when you go back and ask somebody, what's a movie, a song from a movie that really stands out to you? It's never a prestigious movie. It's always like, like if I were to ask my brother, who of course is the representative Oscar voter, my brother, right? <laughs> the construction <laughs> manager from Tennessee. Um, if I were to ask him what song, he would be like, oh, Fight to Survive from Bloodsport. That totally deserves a retroactive Oscar. We need to go and do that. The, the example I think you are, I'm going to find it here real quick. The example I think you are looking for is, I think it's the 1987 Academy Awards. I got to find it. Hold on. I'm getting there. Computer's being slow. Sorry. I'm going to interrupt yeah. while you're looking for that. Yeah. Lego has revealed their 6,000-piece Rivendell set. Whoa. That's we're gonna fucking time. We're going to come back to that. Hang Best on. original song. I'm done for today. I'm going to look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the set will release on March 8th and will cost $500. Fine. It's about 59th Academy Awards, 1987. Winner, Take My Breath Away from Top Gun. Also nominated. There's like roof tile patterns and everything. Glory of Love from Karate Kid Part 2. Somewhere out there from an American tale. I think the actual problem is we don't have songs that play over the credits that describe what you just saw in the movie. That's That's what I like. I want didactic summary songs that play Mm. over... Just in case I get through the movie and I was unclear on what happened. Like, is that not been... what Three Six Mafia won for? They, they they did, but it should be like every Fast and Furious movie should have a word for word, point for point, point plot summary at the end of the movie. <laughs> I it see. Says like when they took that vault. No, what with the what you're cars. what you are actually describing is like what Will Will Smith used to do for his movies. This is Wild Wild West the song. Correct. Why do you think they were wildly popular <laughs> well, I and say successful? Wild Wild West like the, song the movie as Wild, Wild Wild West, West was not a song. <laughs> the blockbuster smash that we still talk about Wild Wild West. Yeah. Giant fucking spider in the Yeah, Holly, it looks like this is the seventh biggest Lego set ever. Where does it rank in terms of uh, proximity to the Death Star set? Uh, it looks like it is the third. It, it would be third biggest in the Star Wars universe. It's smaller than the biggest Falcon, smaller <gasps> than the biggest Walker, but bigger than the Death Star. Smaller than the biggest Falcon. Also, it's bigger than Hogwarts because should be. Yep. First, first Don't on the block. See any reason why not? Also joining us, uh, let's see, there is... We're still in the intro. That's right, big dog. You got it. We are. We said we were doing white stripes this time. Don't yes. fuck it up. Yes, my, uh, let's see, ex-wife and former drummer. But also sister. And sister, Holly yeah. Anderson um, from Detroit. She only wears white and red. Uh, and on... Go Huskers. Yes. And 
on the ones and twos, as always, my brother Michael Server. Oh, look at that, Ryan! You're like you're like a third string distant brother. Server's also, the brother, brother. I don't I don't have a problem brother. with that. I want to be very yeah, he clear. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine with that. But that means you're not Server's brother. Oh well. Okay, all right. New year, new resolution. One of the three of you is going to develop an iota of self-worth this year, and I don't care who. We're going to do one. it. Pick one. Uh, let's, can the, it be Spencer? Let's make it be Spencer. It'll be oh, a, no. No. a third of no. each of us, like the that's gonna be That's okay, going to be a problem. Sure. No, I'm too old. That's just putting bad coal on <laughs> a good fire. You don't want that. <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the age where it's just not worth the investment, you know, for a number of things. You're like, do we well, get him a new you're, car? You're, you're, like, you're no. emotionally totaled as it a person. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer <laughs> picks up a toothbrush. He's like, oh, this will see me out. Yeah. I saw a stand-up comedian <laughs> say that that was the Kirkland. When you when you bought pants at Kirkland, that that's when you really know that, you know, you've achieved enlightenment or given up one of the two. When you buy Kirkland brand pants. Yeah. Getting to that stage. So yeah, let's get self. All right, so it's not Spencer. <laughs> Great. No, no, it's not me. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna Ryan. This is the year we give Ryan. Oh, Jesus. Self worth. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, it's off to a great start. Let's Sir, I assume we're not picking Cerber because Cerber's doing fine. Oh no, he's Cerber's fine. Doing he's, great. I'm the favorite son. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Call me to complain about Spencer. And it can't yeah. be me because I have too much self worth. <laughs> All right, fine. The idea of anyone calling anyone else to complain about me seems strange because I hear complaints. Like no one has Do a problem you? giving me them. Okay, how's this? A plain, I know the complaints get addressed to me. Mm. Hold on, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see if I can do this with a straight face. Nobody would ever complain about you to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but if they, that if, wouldn't happen. That just seems like far too much volume attached to me as a subject. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to be Spencer. You're right. Yeah, it's not going to be. <laughs> it's not going to be. I'm not even worth having haters. <laughs> That's it. Why would I have so many better targets for haters? You know, have you can, have you considered? Yeah, no, I can point. Are they on the show? Yeah. Are they in oh. the room? No, not in the room. No. Betty. She's right here. Betty needs one hater. She has one, dude. Oh, They're yeah. from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking losers. Um, She's still alive, bitches. Isn't that right? So to get to get into this, because of course nothing is happening in the sports world this week, so we're going to talk about Iowa football. But to get into this, I wanted to state it. Just everybody, if we could share our favorite fail son, our favorite nepotism case in college football, because this sport is rife with people whose primary asset on the resume is their last name and their ability to text dad and get a job or their uncle or their grandfather or call someone who was known by either of them to get a gig. And at times it can be merely uncomfortable and at times it can be a debacle completely unmooring your program bringing down long successful regimes and serving as an embarrassment to your team program and an aggravation for the fan base of the highest order. I have many good picks, but I'll let someone else pick first. Am he not merciful? I know. I know. Cause I have like nine. 
make somebody pick. So, I am so still. So this is uh, not the one in the news. Is what no, we're building up. Not the right. one in the news because I, I think that that's right now the most acute and spectacular because we've managed to create a litmus test for degree of fail son that the institution gave us in this case. All right. Right. So J- Jason, do you have how many Bowdens are on your list? All of them. Okay. Good. But not. <laughs> but, right but not. But, but in a particular order. In a particular order. Right. Uh, I'm guessing three? Yeah. Okay. Well, there go all mine. <laughs> who is who is your favorite Bowden fail son? Well, uh, as Holly said, Jeff, of course. It's got to be Jeff. It's got to be Jeff. Uh, are we hating specifically because he made hundreds of thousand dollars over a period of years only playing Xbox with recruits? Absolutely, we are. We would love that job. Give it to us. Dude. Um, I actually have a different one. Mm. I am still waiting for somebody at NBC to utter the words. And now, you know, at the, at the start of a game, Anthem's over, thrown from studio. Ah, and now we hand over to the best reporter available for the job, Jack Collinsworth. <laughs> Just say it straight face. Just say it one time. They- say it one time. <laughs> Jack Collinsworth, obviously the best candidate for the job. Period. You both spell your names like idiots. A job that nobody would want, clearly, right? Yeah. And that nobody yeah. works just, really just hard for. Just say it once. So one person on NBC say it one time. And now we go to the best available reporter, Jack Collinsworth. You know what I think the saddest part about that is? Is that not only is that like a shameful nepotism hire and has been ever since he popped up doing the Kentucky Derby, etc. The worst part about it is this, that one of the reasons that they keep him, and this is bad for Jack too, is that he's cheap. Uh huh. That's it. MVC Why is he so cheap? Because he's young. <laughs> is there? A... Fortunately, there are no other young reporters on television. Is is that a reflection of the level of demand from other outlets? Is that what's going on there? Probably not. The market makes no mistakes, Jason. Is what I'm saying. Well, I yeah, this is the network here. of CNBC, so I feel like they would know. Yeah, Jack Collinsworth. Well, I will no longer see NBC if they keep him. That that guy on the freaking (laughs) sidelines. Nailed it. I'm trying to watch the darn Notre Dame games. I want to hear Drew Brees speaking, not Jack Collinsworth. Is he still doing that shit? Okay, maybe he was the best reporter available. (laughs) I'm saying saying it was a a grim selection there. I just want to see. One day they're going to give in. Welcome to NBC football. It could always be worse. I can only think of one person I want on calling a Notre Dame game for commentary in the color section, and that Mm. is Golden Tate. That's it. Golden Tate. What about Golick Jr.? Yeah. Golick Jr.? Of course, he would do a good job. I think he deserves better than that. Well, no, no, no. I I think we're going for for memes and comedy. Like, Mm. see if if Golick Jr. can get the degree revoked. (laughs) Golick Jr., the only good son. (laughs) My choice is Randy Moss. Randy Moss on Notre Dame back. (laughs) He's back, and you can't get rid of him. And you have so many complaints about his West Virginia. Okay, I got it. The fighting Irish. Golick Jr. and... Farting our ass. Farting our ass. Okay. Gojo and Randy Moss, but the conceit is that Gojo is Randy Moss's son. <laughs> we never... And it is constantly referenced that he will never live up to his Randy Moss and Mike Moss Jr. Yeah. 
Michael Mike. Golick. He's going to hyphenate. Michael Golick Moss. Son Mike. Of, son Randy. of two, two NFL greats. <laughs> they co-parented beautifully. I think he came out nice. We're all very proud of him. All of us. Mm. All very proud. Um, I, I think... I think my Jeff Bowden would have been my my number one with a bullet. In Jeffy, ter- please. Je- I'm sorry, Jeffy. Jeffy. But Jeff, way, Jeff stepped. Up. Jeff. Jeff didn't like wait to be. Jeff was the one who left. Yes, that's well, the way that was, story goes. Is he walked into his uh-huh. dad's office and was like, "This is I. This is not sustainable." You get a little bit of credit. It took a long time, Except, and it took a lot of bad football. Hmm. What, what? No, what? I want to hear what you have to say. Well, except then he's like, if if uh, if stories about his brother's subsequent gigs were true, yeah, he was coordinating for uh, Terry for ages because um, one of their parents made him take his brother along, like they're going to the pool. Is it? Is the nepotism different when it's? Hey, I have to my my dumbass brother. I have to give him something to do. Versus, this is my son, and I love him, and he's very important to me. I genuinely don't know, but it feels I, like yeah, it's I different. Kinda, I almost feel sorry for the ones in the brother situation, right? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's like it's 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 not like it's it's your son. You might be like you know, okay, he's learning. You know when your assistant coaches are fucking up. Like, these guys are not stupid. They know when things are going wrong. This is not a problem that they have. And having to sit there and watch it go wrong and knowing that you're going to hear about it from your wife's sister, whom you love dearly, uh, if... You know, knowing knowing that Allison is going to be on the phone... I don't, I just picked an Allison. I'm sure they're all married to Allison's. It just seemed like a thing. Uh I, I almost feel sorry for those dudes because it's not like they don't know that these guys are fucking up with your brother though. I feel like there is a greater level of comfort to firing your brother because at one level or another, you know, your brother's a dumbass, and he no. knows you're a dumbass too. He would do right. it to you. Right. You, right. you grew up right. beating each other up most likely. Yeah. Right. What's a little more. So really, yeah, the firing is an extension of that fight you had in the playroom when you were 14 and 12 and put a hole in the drywall. This is just another step in that, right? If anything, this is a much more financially prosperous step. The latest theater of battle in that ongoing war. This is. And there's a part that's probably 98% sad that you have to fire your brother. And there's probably 2% when you fire your brother that's like, gotcha, bitch. I mean, the real, the, <laughs> the real mean brother thing to do would be to be a head coach somewhere and every year interview your brother for a coordinator spot and never hire him. <laughs> and be like, sorry, every, man. Oh, oh man. We went, we went yeah. another way. Yeah, Tommy so, Rees was just too impressive, so we got it. Sorry. And we'll somehow every year, like, uh, I mean, you know, it was, hey, we got you the interview. That's good experience. Next year, we're yep. going to actually meet you. Yep. And I hey, remember, the, um, I took you out to lunch. That was fun. We had fun yeah. at TGI Fridays, didn't we? <laughs> got to go to Quiznos. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> there's I like a, a father firing a son. That's like, you're a failed parent, right? Yeah. yeah to some extent. You feel like yes. one. You're, yeah, you're that's on really, you. But you feel like one. A brother firing a brother? It's not on you. That's mom and dad's fault. Yeah, this this of, this of course leads to the only iteration you I can think your head of too hard when you came out of son firing father, Lane Kiffin firing Monty. Right. 
Like Wait, I don't even know how to unpack that one. That, that's that, what, that's the you're the ultimate victor. <laughs> is that Dude, is that is that lame. Zeus defeating the Titans more or less? It is. Or it is. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> kill your masters. There, there's there's a large amount of philosophy on which language it studies every day via Google image searches. Throwing the emperor down the shaft of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Lane is Lane is the Lane is the son who fights back when Kronos tries to eat him. Right? Like, yeah. Argh. Yeah. I'm going to kick uh, you in the Lane, throat from inside, Daddy. Lane has not only... Remember, Lane has done two spectacular familial hirings and firings. Remember when Lane was at Tennessee and left to go to USC? He no, nobody didn't. remembers that. That was real chill. <laughs> you're forget, You're also forgetting a third. I'm probably okay, forgetting please. a third. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Chris. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... The one I'm talking about is that his brother-in-law, who was his QB coach, David Reeves, didn't know he was taking the job. And he didn't take him to USC. That's right. That's Please right. Pin this. Please pin this. Please. Which is, oh, God, this is so great. Because hey. this doesn't even, this does not even line up with the timeline of the divorce. No. I was going to say, like, not his brother-in-law anymore, though, is he? <laughs> no. there, are, there are a few different transactions <laughs> in the works. No, but it, it, it doesn't line up with the divorce in such a way as to suggest that Layla was fine with this and also didn't tell her brother. Right, right. Which is yep. very funny. T- as someone with a little brother, this is it very must funny. Have been I, a, I, I choose to believe that Layla was like, you told him, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, we, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we, he took we, out the trash, right? I think Ed God, did. Stop. Ed told him. <laughs> Ed got right on it. <laughs> I don't know what he said. <laughs> Yeah, and he also, he also, I think, gently encouraged Chris Kiffin to leave. There we go. Yeah, yeah. his own yeah. brother. Yeah, uh, and take the Cleveland Browns defensive line job <laughs> after one season. Which, like, isn't talk. it so much meaner to tell your brother to go work for the Browns than to fire him? <laughs> like, I think just pee in my shoes, op- buddy. Great opportunity for you, Chris. I really, be really I, good. I, saw this, I think uh, you would I thrive. This and I thought of you. I think you would thrive with the Browns. Yeah, Jesus. Fine, I'll go to med school already. God damn. I I just looked at the the posting, and you were the first name that came to mind for me. God damn, dude. (laughs) Don't worry, associate you with the Browns. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I want to go back a little further because this goes back to uh, a holy of holies in the coaching world and has one of the funniest endings to a nepotism saga I have ever heard in my life. Of all of the sons that Don Shula, the legendary coach of the Miami (laughs) Dolphins, had, all right, no one, no one rode the nepotism wagon harder or faster than Dartmouth College graduate Dave Shula. Dave Shula, after a career, after one season as a pro, one season where I'm sure it was. Please put my 5'11 son at wide receiver. Um, after one season as a pro, he only worked for the Dolphins. He went and he was the offensive coordinator and QB coach at the Cowboys for a year where all of the players absolutely despised him, gave him no credit, and he was demoted from that position. After being demoted, by the way, he was hired by the Bengals, and after one season, one as a wide receivers coach for a not particularly great offense, he was hired as an NFL head coach. 
as an NFL head coach at the age of 32. <sighs> he was hired at the age of 32. By, by, and this is important. By which storied franchise? But by the the uh, the Bengals. By and, the team that knew better, having seen his uh, the the lackluster offense he'd been a part of. That's not the important thing because the owner of the Bengals, Mike Brown, knew that this was the cheapest way to get a head coach. This was one hundred percent the will you do this for one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yes, and did it knowing full well how bad it was and yet and yet happened at the age of 32 to hire dave shula dave shula was a miserable failure as a head coach just absolutely deplorable somehow won five games in a season once and then won seven won seven uh and then then got fired after going one at six with a winning record with a total win loss uh winning percentage of 0.268 ryan to your point this um (laughs) <laughs> that winning percentage was good enough for four and a half years. <laughs> that wouldn't be the case these days. <laughs> but, but the Bengals have been uh, thrifty for a time. Yeah. Ab- after just one season with Dave Shula, um, Boomer, signed, Boomer Sison decided to go to the New York. <laughs> <laughs> Damning. That's not, but we're not at the funny part of the story. There's something like aggressively non-threatening about having being having him being named Dave too. It's like he hired his golden retriever. <laughs> By the way, if I could give you, he's a very good boy. If I his name give, is David Donald. Never uh, heard of David that. What? Donald Shula. Yeah. Do you know who? Well, do you know who Dave, Dave Shula? Do you know who Dave Shula got the job over? No. Bill Cower. Bill Cower was the other. <laughs> candidate. <laughs> The Kansas oh, City Chiefs defensive coordinator at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. that didn't go on to. Um, obviously, you know the Bengals missed out on a uh, on a Super Bowl coach, but uh, fortunately, it didn't directly affect them. This is know, this is a great line. Twice a year. This is a great line. I have to emphasize. This is from Dave Shula's Wikipedia page. Cower took the head coaching position with the rival Pittsburgh Steelers that same offseason and went on to have a 22-9 career record against the Bengals, the most wins he had against any team as a head coach. This included an 8-1 record against Shula. Shula lost 50 games faster than any NFL coach in history. (laughs) This is a good wiki. Yeah, this is solid as hell. By the way... I'm going to give you a headline that I don't want to embellish on. Leonard Shapiro, October 27, 1992, in the Washington Post. For David Shula, comma, a legacy of victory. Mm. Listen, you have to admit that in every game David Shula coached, a team won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. He was, he was part of many wins. We're, we're, not even, we're not even to the best part. Okay. After he's fired at Cincinnati, where does Dave Shula end up? Dave Shula naturally goes back into coaching, takes a position as an assistant, becomes a coordinator, works his way up, and eventually enjoys success over a 22-year NFL career. That's not what happened. (laughs) All right? That's not what happened. What actually happened was Dave Shula went to work for Shula's Steakhouse yeah, is what baby. he did. He is the only man to ever eject from an NFL head coaching job and go into cooked beef. And, and still, Tony Levine went into chicken. 
Yeah, still, he was, yeah. With much happiness. Still had to be a Nepo baby, even in that career. Couldn't go work for another state chain. Had to work for dads. The restaurant industry is the one place where you can literally walk in the door bleeding with no connections. And they'll be like, go wash dishes. Where else am I going to get a, a job at a steakhouse in America? Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyone can walk in. You can walk in with a handgun strapped to your face. And they would be like, so can you work the grill? All right, face. so you're back of house is what I'm seeing. You're back of house. Gun yeah. face with Can you work Friday nights? I don't think you're a hostess, but how do you feel about working brunch this Sunday? <laughs> blam, blam. That's how he says yes. Are you willing to work in our Ocala location? <laughs> Clearly yes. you are. Shout out to our, uh, shout out to our uh, Twitter friend, One Lung Dave. Yeah. This time. <laughs> Hey, why are you called One Lung Day? Oh, very interesting. <laughs> All right. So why are we talking about Dave Shula again? I got lost. Oh, we're talking about Dave Shula because I think he's my favorite nepotism case. Oh, okay. Until gotcha. this week. Until this week. Until this week. <laughs> Have you ever heard the legend of Good Game Tim? He was a boy during the Great Depression, and to make money, he'd travel to cities and towns with a simple offer. For a dollar, you could challenge him to any game you chose. And if you won, he'd give you $20. Now, Tim could make such an enticing offer because this kid was an absolute whiz at games of all sorts. It could be a child's game like Hopscotch or Hide and Seek, or it could be an adult game like Poker or Backgammon. Tim would always walk away victorious. And they called him Good Game Tim, not just because he was so successful, but because he was a real sportsman about it. Tim never gloated, even as he won game after game after game. But one day, the rich owner of a local concert hall took Tim to his venue and challenged him to a new contest. My boy, he bellowed, I'll bet you can't pick the cheapest seat in this fine hall. And true enough, Tim was stumped. How was a child supposed to take the guesswork out of buying tickets or guarantee the lowest price to an event? Tim handed the concert hall owner $20 and disappeared for decades. Until he re-emerged triumphantly as an app and website, GameTime.co. Now, Tim, who accidentally added an E to his name when registering, can offer you last-minute ticket deals to NBA playoff games, baseball, concerts, and more. GameTime offers you last-minute deals where you can save up to 60%, and he provides you with panoramic views from your seat in the app before you buy. So take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FULLCAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account and redeem code F-U-L-L-C-A-S-T for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Brian, how good does it feel to dust off those 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 legal muscles and and dive into the? I wish y'all could see Ryan just like calmly flexing and beaming beatifically right it's now. Growing it's, size. It's so all right. So here's the here's the part where if you haven't been paying attention, 
a thing happened in the last, uh, I don't know, 24 hours, as of when we're recording this. Uh, Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator of your Iowa Hawkeyes, and they are yours, and you bear responsibility for them. They're my Iowa Hawkeyes. Had his his contract amended uh, in a few ways. Um, It has, has been basically set up so that he's going to be the offensive coordinator through June 30th, 2024. And if he meets following two very simple, not very complicated performance objectives, he will go back on a two-year rolling agreement where basically every, I think every year they keep adding a year. Um, so that you can coach at Iowa until you die, and maybe longer, frankly. Um, and if he doesn't meet these, his contract will terminate. Now, I should say, lots of Iowa Twitter, Iowa Twitter has already pointed out, like, well, that doesn't mean Kirk just can't re-sign him. So this doesn't necessarily mean this will be the end of Brian Ferentz at Iowa. But Didn't they also dock his pay, like, 50 grand? They did, but they had also raised it not not that long ago. So, uh, yes, he was getting paid $900,000 a year. um, And they decided to give him more, which is a searing indictment. And now he's down to uh, $850,000. But if he meets these requirements, which we still haven't gotten to yet, but we will, he'll go up to $925,000 a year. Here's what... Here's what um, Iowa is asking of Brian Ferentz for the 2023-24 football season. <clears throat> Number one, the team must average at least 25 points per game. And <laughs> number two, the team must win at least seven games, including a possible bowl game. It's just about a personal essay. <laughs> now, so, 25 your analysis. points. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead, Jason. Does that include points scored by not the offense? Because I, I only ask, I wouldn't ask this for most teams, but Iowa in particular, their um their meager scoring output this past season was boosted by uh, I'm gonna guess the country's most prolific scoring defense. Yeah. Which was none of Brian Ferentz's um uh, coaching acumen coming into play. Um, I don't think that's fair. I think they practice against his offense. That okay. probably boosts their confidence and teaches them more. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, at best, this agreement is unclear, and I think the fairest reading is just that the team must do it. The, t- the word team is not defined. There is nowhere that says the team means the There's offense. There's no Brian the, team. Correct. Ferentz's <laughs> team. Um so, so yes, it is entirely conceivable that through a combination of punt returns and safeties and pick sixes, Iowa could reach this measure and theoretically never score an offensive touchdown. Sure. Yes. On the board yes. here. That's what we want. Love it. Um, other things that are on the board here, just the specter of Iowa running up the score late in games... <laughs> That they've already got in hand because they have to. Because they know they can't get to the Nebraska game averaging 23.8 points a game. Because that's exactly when they will fuck this up and not get there. Absolutely right. What makes you think they could do it? I'm not saying they can. I'm not saying they can. 
But I am saying they'll try. And and listen, running up the score for Iowa may mean things like other team is kneeling and defense is trying to rip the ball out. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's Iowa's schedule during this time? That's a great question. Let's go ahead and pull that up. Iowa 2023 football schedule. While we're doing that, I also want yeah. to propose that it is in when we use the word they um, – I think there is there are two people here who are going to be very invested in making sure that this team scores um, 300 points in the regular season. <laughs> but the players themselves have every incentive to, hey, we're, we're up by three. That's plenty. We're yep. parking the bus. Yep. Um, to, to, before we get to the schedule very briefly, to set the context ever so slightly, the, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes in 2022 averaged as a team spencer do you would you like to hazard a guess as a team i would say they averaged 18 points a game yeah 17.7 okay like rounding up that counts so so we are talking about a fairly like a touchdown a game is not nothing on the other hand this would bring them to uh let's go ahead and pull this number up one second So if they get to 25 points a game, that would have put them tied with Arkansas State, above Central Michigan and Mizzou, and Auburn did not score 25 points a game, and just below Rice, Southern Miss, New Mexico State, and Troy. They would be squarely in the 80s in college football. This is not... This is not get us a average. This they are asking Brian Ferentz to build them a below average football team, <laughs> and that's within FBS. To say nothing of like the Power Five, the Big Ten, they're just saying give us a below average offense, but not this below average. You went you went way too far. In writing, yes. In, in they writing, have quant- they have quantified just how shitty you are. By establishing your excellent gold standard at worse than mid. So here's here's the biggest problem, and this, and then I'll get to uh, Holly. We'll do the schedule because I want to talk about last year's schedule first. If you did this for last year's Iowa team, they win eleven games. The defense <laughs> is good enough, and and holds enough teams. They only got outscored. They only had a, an opponent score more than twenty five against them. Two times. Michigan did it, and Iowa State did it. Every other game on the schedule, they'll win. It means you beat Nebraska 25-24. You beat Northwestern 25-13. And you beat them 33-13, so I guess Northwestern's going to help you in this regard. Um, but, yeah, this this in, in a weird way, this would work. Anyway, this let's talk. you up to the, yeah. the once every five years, like, oh, Correct. no, Iowa's a no situation. Correct. Correct. Holly, here we go. Iowa starts the year with uh, Utah State at home. Okay. Then they've got Iowa State uh, in Ames. Then they've got Western Michigan at home. Now we get to the Big Ten part of the schedule. First of all, let's stop there. Utah State, Iowa State, Western Michigan. How do you how do you all feel about their chances to get to twenty five points on average across that stretch? It's po- a lot of things are possible. <laughs> I think they make it once. You think they only score twenty five points once in that stretch? Yeah. Oh, 
I'll go twice in there. Um, okay. You have Utah State and WNU are for two straight years highly depleted. Um, Iowa State was excellent on defense last year, partly because they got to play Iowa, but um, also kings of like the one score game, right? And so also, is, yeah. you know, that game is just guaranteed to be either nine to two or five hundred to three hundred. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll go just two out of that three there. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Then we've got the following. Let's do them three at a time. Penn State. Oh, no. Michigan State. <laughs> Purdue. Are we oh, getting gracious. to 25 in any of these games? Michigan State. Okay. Um, they're bad. Yeah, they're not good. They're really not good. But that means so little here. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It means so little, even though they beat the shit out of them last year. You know what? All right. So they'll get to 25 against Michigan State. I feel good about that. I think they'll get to 25 against Purdue as well. So two out of three there? Okay. This year they beat Purdue 24-3. So. <laughs> so close. Agonist. Possible. Possible. Certainly not not greatly hurting the effort. Last year they lost to Purdue uh, seven to twenty four. So uh, okay, next three: Wisconsin mm. road game. That one uh, home against Minnesota, and I don't know if this matters. I'll let you decide. At Northwestern, but at Wrigley Field. Oh God! Oh God! That's you know what? <laughs> That's a wrinkle. Shorter, okay, shorter field with the weird end zones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're yeah. actually we're okay. Gonna, we're gonna make him play on a sixty-yard. F- <laughs> <laughs> is, yep. is there a closet? everybody's using the same end zone? Somebody gets confused. Yeah. I'll take it. Okay. I like your idea that there's a seven-point swing based off somebody getting confused by the wind <laughs> in the end zones. Right? I think yes. an, oh! an additional factor there is. Um, you know, regardless of how good Northwestern is, they're never good. Um, still, their entire thing is about limiting the game to like six plays. Yep. Mm. And now they're in a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. That's an under. Okay. I love it. Yeah, um, I. I mean, I'm, I love it for us. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And by the way, the just on on trend, the Minnesota Iowa game this year was thirteen ten Hawkeyes. So, uh, and they really don't cruise real fast against this Minnesota team that plays at a pretty deliberate pace. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is our first stretch where I'm going 0 for 3. Okay. They're not hitting 25 in any of these. <clears throat> Last three games. Two home games ending with a road game. Rutgers, Illinois, yes. Nebraska. Bad all around. Mm-hmm. Um... Rutgers, I feel like, has been very uh, generous against. Uh, like Rutgers is the game where it's like this is one where at halftime it'll be like ten to three, and then Rutgers will be like here are two pick sixes. Sure, they'll they'll yeah. they'll help you get there. Illinois. Think, uh, <laughs> well, I think so. Rutgers, you're you're you know, in a generic year, you're circling that as like that's the game we make up ground. Yeah. But no, their Rutgers is kind of what Northwestern wants to be a shitty team sure. that makes you shitty. Right. Yeah. So, and it reminds like you they, of, they return, you know, most of their non-bad players. Illinois won this year's matchup nine to six. <laughs> nine to six, which, while leaving Kirk Ferentz fully erect for the entirety of the game, 
was still a loss <laughs> and very far from 25 points. <laughs> it's not just that it was 9-6. to six. <clears throat> It's that, so this is a game in which every score was a field goal, and every field goal was under 40 yards. 27-32, yes. 37-27-36. Mm-hmm. So many useless yards. Hey, where do you find more useless yards than in Chicago? Wow, that's a good point. Um, leading to the finale, leading to I Nebraska, really, I really yeah. think could be the determining. Like, it feels like. God, I hope I hope this hangs in it. I hope this hangs in the balance. I hope this is it. <laughs> I hope this is the answer. Hey guys, we got to score twenty five for Brian. Who's we? <laughs> Who, who's Brian? Um. How, do you, it how is, good do you think this is for staff morale? Like, is Brian just an all-time great hang? I, what's going to be what's gonna be fun is, like, every time they score, I don't know, 26 points a game, even if they lose, they're going to dump Gatorade on Brian's head. They're going to be like, yeah, we did it! Yeah! But even it's going to be, not- like, Bronx cheery, like, when, yes. he, he, you know, he took the training wheels off. Yes, it's going to be very unclear. We all week, so you get to go to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's it's it, at some point the line is going to become very blurry as to whether we are happy for or laughing at. I just want to each week to go big picture here. I think I'm going to make a spreadsheet or something. Like a we need like a little thermometer that fills up because like it doesn't matter when the <laughs> points are scored. We Correct. need 300 points. Yes, mm-hmm. it could yeah. be, it could be zero all year and then 300 on Nebraska and he's good. If they somehow win seven games, are we going to do the prices? Are we going to do the prices right mountain climber? But for Brian Ferentz's point total, hundred percent yes. Yeah, Yolayo. yeah, Yolayo. yeah. Doesn't um, it go down? Aren't there things that make it go down? I think that's Plinko. The, yeah, that's Plinko. Well, Plinko's nothing but down. No, but the mountain. Oh. Yeah, the mountain climber okay. just goes up, 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 and then if you go over, he goes. Yo! And that's in this case. That's mm. that's, that's an that's, that's an extension. That's, the, that's, that's Brian, Brian, taking, that's yes. Brian, Brian <laughs> taking the head coaching job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it should be noted that the two names you didn't hear on that schedule are Ohio State and Michigan. So it is fair to say that if there is a year where Iowa can set this incredibly low standard, incredibly low. And hit it like they have lined it up as best they can with the schedule mm. that they have. Yeah, the non-con is um, as good as it can be, considering yep. you have to play Iowa State. Yep. You yeah, playing Penn State sucks, but you're you're avoiding possibly probably an even better team, and you're avoiding Ohio State altogether. I I guess my thing is like I think it's entirely possible this happens because I think this year was just like. So statistically difficult to do. You look at you look at these games, and it's like, how did you lose multiple games where you held opponents below t- eleven points? That's a thing that happened. I cast must champ. It is very must champy. You're yeah. right, but it, but like, I, if I think if he yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say if if they get to the end of the year and they're like, yes, we scored. 25.3 points per game and because we're Iowa with that level of output we won 10 games and made it to the Big Ten Championship in which at, we were shut out so we're now we're under 25 at that point I think I don't think we've really stopped to appreciate that at that point Kirk will be like 
Well, I, I listened to the critics. We did. We we made the changes we need to make, and now we're good. And now you can never question my sweet, beautiful Brian ever again. <laughs> so now there has to be like three bad years until we try this shit again. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to it bring is, the offense up to twenty twenty one Iowa standards. It's um, I I think the worst outcome for Iowa is if they do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Which saying. Is, like, it would be in the interest of players, particularly underclassmen, to like just don't tank. But if you're up, yeah, you're stop. So <laughs> business I have, decision. I have a yeah. theory. Okay. Why 25 points? That's a very. Are you about to numerology those, this shit? Because of all those games they won by 24 last year. <laughs> or they they got 24 last year. I so, think it is because so 2021 they scored. Wait. Twenty twenty one, they scored twenty three point four. Um, so thirty one point eight the year before that. So it's basically twenty five point eight in twenty nineteen. So like in the Where? Iowa Brain Trust's mind, mid twenties at twenty four point nine in twenty sixteen. Like in their mind, that's the good number. Twenty five to thirty is the sweet spot. So my question would be, if they had hit that number last year, yeah, where would that have put them in the league? Um. They would have gone to the Big Ten Championship. No question. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My and so in terms of yeah. whether we're asking a lot. <laughs> I think the thing to adjust there, well, I guess it doesn't matter if we're just saying change number, but like yeah. more touchdowns mean fewer tremendous punts, which means fewer safeties. So points are also coming off the board. Um and fewer like short possessions to set up great punts to score more safety. So I think for each touchdown, you're losing four points worth of safety. Is Gary Barta trying to tank Iowa's Ray Guy legacy? Wow. <laughs> My theory is that they wanted is that in his head, Kirk Francis is like, what's an unattainable number? <laughs> I want rid of my son. <laughs> giving him, and you think he puts twenty five? You don't think you don't think he's gone if Kirk wants him gone? Bullshit. In his, in his well, mind. he reports to Gary Barta technically. So Kirk, Kirk <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, I can't do it. No, no, I can't do it. This is all Gary Barta. Kirk's, yeah, Kirk's listen, principal. I, yeah, I want to. I want to. Walled himself. Pause for a second. Fifty points, but you think yeah. you think Kirk picked twenty five because that's the one that gets this done? Can't get there. Oh my God! It's the biggest number Kirk Ferentz can imagine. Like, imagine him thinking about. Imagine him like anticipating a football game having thirty-five points. Yeah. What? No, that shouldn't happen. Oh gosh, something went wrong there. Maybe, maybe. This is so. This is like him. He's pulling a Rumpelstiltskin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is when you have an eight-year-old, and they're like, "You have all the money in the world, right? Like five hundred dollars." And you're like, "Yes." <laughs> there's I there's have a much dollars. there's a much sadder way to arrive at this number, and that is that, like like all contracts, this was negotiated, which means that at some point, the representative for Brian Ferentz, I don't know who it is, it might be Brian himself, sat down and said. If it's 29, we walk. If it's 29, that's unreasonable and we walk. You can kiss my ass. I'm I'll not go. scoring four touchdowns and then some a game. Fuck I'll, you, buddy. I'll take, I'll take one of the one many jobs being offered to me if you dare me to score 26 points per game. Shula Steakhouse is hiring for a manager right now, and I will be out of here in five minutes unless you bring this down. I wanted it. 19. Ferentz Farms is calling. That's right. 
that's the other thing. At one point, they had to go to the other end of the spectrum, and they had yeah. to be like twenty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dog. yes. Yeah. We, we, that's an improvement by almost a whole safety per yeah. game. Right. At one point, he had to be like, "Listen, time of possession is an important stat. I know some people <laughs> poo-poo it. We're making a quarterback change. You know how difficult those are. Yeah. We're losing a lot of defenders. We are not going to score as many <laughs> points on defense." Um, so because I'm a bad person and because I like to torture Adam Kramer on Twitter, I looked up what the New York Jets would have done in 2022 if they oh. averaged if they averaged 25 points a game. You I do think have a certain were, meanness of spirit that I, I really do. like. And I, I don't know what's wrong with me sometimes, I think but it, I'm no, also it's not my going favorite to thing about you. Thank you. Um, if the New York Jets, who this year went 7-10, and 10, if they had scored 25 points a game, they would have gone... Fourteen and three. <laughs> <laughs> See, they, they See, would have we're gone, aiming for excellence. Not only would they have gone fourteen and three, they would have they would have gone undefeated in division play and won the AFC East, walking away, no questions asked. Easy championship. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if this works out. Brian Ferentz needs to go coordinate that offense and really bring it all together. Hey, Brian Ferentz, Aaron Rodgers, a game. succeeding together for the city of New York like never before. I mean, did Rodgers score 25 a game this year? That's why, I mean, like, really yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, a I don't good know. Point. Instead, they had Zach Wilson throw the ball to the guy in the third row every other down. Hey, that's he's far away. It's hard to do. Hey, you know what? Three things can happen when you throw the ball, and one of them is the guy in the third row, and that's not a turnover. So that's good. Uh, to answer your question, the Packers only scored 25 points. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven times. I wonder if that is it. Yeah, looking at it now, Iowa at scoring 25 points a game in the NFL would have been behind only the Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions, <laughs> Niners, and Bengals. Like, that is a playoff-grade offense if, <laughs> if the Ferences can get Iowa to 25. Do you remember, like, we should stop, listener, and remind you that there was a time mm-hmm. where when, whenever the NFL coaching carousel got wound up, in the same way that Jim Harbaugh has floated this way now, Kirk Ferentz would randomly get, get for the for Chiefs job. It was yeah. specifically the yes, Chiefs that's job. Right. That's right. Repeatedly. That's and right. then they hired, like, you know, then, then they brought in the most college brain pro coach who's, like, who, who's just an absolute perfect fit for the most space-age offense in all of football. Um, and like, my God, can you imagine the alternate reality where instead of Andy Reid, you hired Kirk Ferentz? Hello, Patrick oh, wow. Mahomes. I'm Patrick Kirk Ferentz, and I'd like to introduce you to your fullback. You're going to be oh, handing God. the ball to him a lot. <laughs> You're going to be spending a lot of time together. You know, a good way to keep you upright and protect you, son? Hand off to the fullback. That's right. The God, Chiefs start, for, that just makes down. me Fullback time, buddy. Yes, the that's chi- right. That the show Chiefs, makes me so sad. The Chiefs for a while were on some serious, like, fuck point shit. They hired Herm Edwards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Every NFL team's had a stint or two like that. I think they don't usually like, last for decades like Iowa's yeah. going, <laughs> <laughs> going But to be fair, the Chiefs did for a long time. So Over yeah. various regimes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And I guess it, when there are valid Ferentz rumors mixed in, then I think we know what the ideology was. I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs, like many other franchises, just recognized that they needed a long deload period before they scored 40 points a game. Mm-hmm. They knew. They felt it in the air. They were like, ah, I feel points coming on. 
we need several years of warming up for this so we don't points is like going to a brazilian steakhouse where you're like i'm not eating breakfast no the the best offenses including the chiefs bills and lions is like and Bengals is like Mm -hmm. yeah 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 this Mm -hmm. is uh Mm -hmm. yeah these were deserved points yeah then andy reed got there and flipped the button to green they just kept bringing it buddy when I'm full, I'll let you know and turn this thing over to the red setting. That means Brian Ferentz 100% would have been an NFL offensive coordinator, too. Yeah. yeah. See, there, he might have thrived. He might have. Five a game. How many more do you need than that? Yeah, it's true. It's a game of field position. We trust our defense. I'm sorry you don't. My position is sitting up in this booth and being paid $850,000. My position is over the field. I'm sorry your relationship with your defense is fractured. Mine is strong. I hope somebody in the Iowa press conference is like, hey, why are you up in the booth? Well, it's so I can see the whole field. Yeah, why? Why? Are you suggesting that seeing the whole field will improve? Yeah. Things. (laughs) I'm looking through previous Iowa seasons, and the business model has worked in the past. Uh, Yes. 1985, just to pick a random year, pretty much. um, uh, Points for. Oh, no, wait. I was looking at the wrong numbers, looking at the defense. I take it back. Excuse me. They went 10 and 2 this year, and I was looking at the 15.6, and I was like, see, see. No, that's what they allowed. (laughs) Yeah. But but this actually doesn't work. There are most, I would say most at this point, college football programs have had periods like they've had their pendulum where like they have periods where it's a lot offense maybe not as much defense they have periods where they lean on the defense a lot iowa really has not had any stretch of meaningful modern time where it's like oh yeah like i was really just gunning it on offense and like defense whatever like Like, scrolling back the if if it gets much over 30 points per game like that's an aberration yeah i just scrolled past an 11.4 to create more of an uh, uh, to create more of an aesthetic picture, uh, even when Iowa has a fun and gun looking quarterback, what were they scoring under Stanzi? Oh wow! Like even when they have the vibes for it, the <clears throat> physical vibes for it. Yeah, it's, yeah. What, it's twenty five thirty. Is it's yeah? What were the, the, what were those numbers like? This is this is what like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Iowa. They have you have a quarterback with a headband, and this is what you're doing. Right. Right. Let right. me hit you, oh, while you look that up, let me hit you with 1972, in which they finished 123rd in scoring with 9.9. Uh, <clears throat> 2009 Iowa. Finished 11-2, and two, finished 7th in the final AP poll, beat Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl. 23.2 points per game. <laughs> so, Here we go, I found a top 10 to... Iowa scoring season. Oh, 1968. They went 5 All right. They went 5 See? 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 I understand their aversion to the practice now. It is it is irrefutable at this point. Just one touchdown a quarter. That's hey, uh, a top five season. Holy shit! Twenty six <laughs> points a game in nineteen sixty eight and one twenty six. That's all we need. Um, I was. I, I think the best way to explain this. I was career passing touchdown leader is Chuck Long, who played from nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty five. And through 70 touchdowns. 1950s Iowa was a fucking monster. This is a top 10 <laughs> offense four, four years in a row. Did, did he get five seasons for those 70 touchdowns? or? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> do, do, do. Um, 
they're spread out over four, but they're they're mm. they're it's it's four meaningful ones. Yeah, wow. ended with a twenty six touchdown season in nineteen eighty five. That's when we play everyone's favorite game. Texas Tech quarterback in one season or Iowa football entire team one season. And this is this is this is maybe like the peak dream of what Iowa could be. The nineteen eighty five Iowa Hawkeyes went ten and two, scored thirty six point seven points per game. That was second in the nation and held opponents to fifteen point six. Let me give you the lost the Rose lost the Rose Bowl to UCLA. 1937, Iowa, 117th in scoring with 4.5. <laughs> the average game was 15 to 4. That's so stupid. You hit 17 points. They're like, oh, oh my God. Down. 1931, last in the country with 0. 0.9 points per game. <laughs> this is it. Yes. The perfect yes. Iowa football which, which season. Which year is this? The 1931, they scored against non-major George Washington, and that's yeah. it. That's this pretty is it. good. This is it. That's pretty good. <laughs> Bert, coach, Burton Ingwersen. Yeah. All these coaches <laughs> were auto-generated yeah. back then. Yeah. That's what he... What, is that when your coaching philosophy doesn't even get to, like, step three? What do you do? We play hard. We play real hard. Also, that guy had been around a long time. He knew better. He knew better than the try. Never score. Man, they got fucking trashed. Absolutely trashed. Naturally, the closest loss was a 7-0 loss to Nebraska. Iowa and Nebraska have always been this way together. Dancing, dancing like this for a long time. <laughs> always been this way together. Going to get together and play real football. Real Two sticky football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. 1900. Iowa led the nation in scoring. Uh, also. 38.9. 38. Uh, Holly, you know who you know who drafted Ricky Stanzi, right? Mm, Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> was there just a stretch there where they were just getting the most yahoo ass white boy possible? Like, oh, oh, like, they, they drafted Brody Croyle too. They, they drafted Tyler Bray. That's how that's yeah. why I guess. They drafted Aaron Murray. <laughs> they yeah, they did draft a lot of like. Hey, for a while, the, the draft profile of Chiefs quarterback was um, former boyfriend of your sister that everyone hated. Like, that's what they were looking <laughs> for. Man, if that ain't Aaron Murray. <laughs> if that ain't Tyler Bray. <laughs> I, 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 everybody, families love Tyler Bray. Aunties love Tyler Bray. Not the responsible ones. I, I think aunties themselves like dating Tyler Bray. No one mm -hmm. wants their that's sister what, dating Tyler Bray. That is I would, what I mean. I would also like to congratulate Iowa on a week where we should be talking about the fact that Alabama has hired two coordinators. And they, <laughs> yeah. And Spencer, who are those two coordinators? Uh, two coordinators, Tommy Reese yep. coming over from Notre Dame to be the new Tommy offensive Reese. coordinator. And me, return me. with a V. Embrace tradition. <laughs> Former Tennessee head coach. Former Tennessee. Uh, it's technically true. Technically, we, it was wanna... For a month in April or something. Dude, uh, I'm so glad you mentioned this because I get to go back to my favorite underplayed storyline in recent college football management history, which is Pension Quest. <laughs> all right. Kevin Steele is the other answer. Kevin Steele. I say all this to say <laughs> on a week when we should be like, holy shit, 
Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele have been handed the keys by Nick Saban. Instead, we get to talk about Brian fucking Ferentz okay. having um, to score it could eight be worse. field we could goals be a game. talking about Tom Brady. That's true. I like that. Yeah, uh, uh, Brian Ferentz like, is probably the guy we talked about most this football season. And here we are again. Can't get enough. <laughs> Can't get enough. Heck, we're talking about him right we're now. We're talking about him right now, brother. <laughs> commercial <laughs> must, commercial <laughs> must be working. Seriously, honestly, exactly. <laughs> if a month ago yeah. we had set out and ranked the funniest defensive coordinators Nick Saban could possibly hire, Kevin Steele would have been on our list, and we would have been joking. Yeah. We would have been completely joking. I and mean, it happened. I mean, it's also, it's. He does love us. Spencer, who turned down this job to go to the NFL and go to the Saints instead? <laughs> um, Another guy on the, our list. Turndowns a real interesting way to phrase. Okay, that, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Not in the, maybe in like the was not John offered. Sense. Okay. <laughs> I think it's funnier if we say he turned it down. Say, say how, about this, how, about this, how about this? Couldn't come to terms. Yeah, that's what it is. I think he just walked in, got distracted, started fighting with his own reflection in the, in the window. <laughs> Shadow! Ah! <laughs> Threat! <Pounce>! Bounce! <laughs> I cast pounce. I'll choke you one of these days, you fucking shadow! <laughs> Hurt my hands again. There's gotta be a trick in there somewhere. Plate glass window, apply directly to the forehead! Todd Grantham, Saints defensive coordinator. The NFL continues to just be... The greatest league in the world. We love yeah. it. We love it. Yep. But no, we're yep. talking about Brian Ferentz. Um, the tight end, I just want the to know the field's open. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, Kevin Steele. Um, for for any for any newcomers to uh, to college football, um, this was uh, one of the worst worst head coaches in Baylor history, which is saying a lot. That, that was a long time ago. Now that's only part of the resume. Um, the resume includes giving up seventy points in a bowl game. Um, uh, to whom? To whom? <laughs> that would be the the, uh, the West Virginia Clemson game. Yeah, um, coached by Dana. Dana. Dana put seventy on him, brother. Gino put seventy. <laughs> yeah, attribute attri- uh, of the Seattle Seahawks, or or whoever his new team is. Um, yeah, and then since then it just bounced around, sort of like a ambulance chaser seeking out like scandal plagued regimes that he can attempt to uh, attempt to uh, emerge atop. Uh, briefly, including a successful bid as uh, as Tennessee interim, by, by which I mean he gained the interim tag was also the interim at Auburn the year before that yeah um and now Dude. is uh I mean that's gosh not is even he the man thing. in line for the throne at Alabama <laughs> that's not even the thing we remember him for the most is it kids that is not even the thing we remember him for, uh, remember him for most I remember by when which he, I mean dads when he was an assistant at Nebraska and this is in Sports Illustrated you can look it up yeah this yeah this is not apocryphal no 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 uh Riley Washington this was in a magazine Raleigh Washington was uh, charged with an attempted second-degree murder and use of a weapon to commit a felony uh, in a shooting when Washington pulled his gun and fired, allegedly saying, your life is gone when he did this. It's a really stupid thing. That's a stupid phrase. It sounds like a poorly a translated time. Hong Kong action phrase. Yeah. That's exactly movie, what I was right? going to say. <laughs> yeah. Your life is gone. Mistranslation. Yeah. 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 yeah, make your make American your port of a Japanese video game. Yeah. 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 Death has arrived. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's pretty sick. Um, it is pretty sick. He handed right, that. Um, yeah, Put that the guy, on the shirt. Yeah, the the guy uh, the guy did not die. They when Steele found out about it from Washington. Washington still had the gun involved in it. Washington Steele said, and this is how you know he is an OG college football coach. <laughs> He said, yeah, you better give that gun to me for safekeeping. And they put it in the safe in the Nebraska football offices. And whose 
office. Tom Osborne. Yup. <laughs> well, is that safekeeping? That's true. Coach. Yeah, we'll hold Put it in the governor's anyway, safe. <laughs> he'll do great at Alabama. <laughs> Usually they have GAs to do this, but you know. Yeah. Took a I love this year. resume. Tennessee, 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 New Mexico State, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Nebraska, Carolina Panthers, and then all college from then on out. Like 1,800 different college That's jobs. just so many different just allergies. The Panthers are with the Panthers. The Panthers are kind of low-key like the what head coaches are to the Chargers, assistants are to the Panthers. <laughs> like you yeah. can find most assistant coaches who are like, yeah, I did six months with the Panthers. Yeah, we probably did that at some point. Me and the wife were going through a rough patch, so I just crashed with the Panthers for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, this is the guy that Kevin Green attacked on the sideline at Carolina at mm. one point. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who I believe he has been vegetarian for over 20 years on a dare. Somebody dared him to go vegetarian for a week, and he liked it so much that he kept going. Was it Nick Saban? I hope so. Okay, that's it not was, as funny as doing it on a dare the entire time. Yeah. It was, I not, Jer- it was not Jeremy Pruitt, who does not know what vegetables are. <laughs> yeah, it was a good week. I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt's like, I dare, I dare eat plants. Like, look at you know, it strikes him as the most ridiculous thing you could do. Yeah. How's he still alive? I don't get it. What do you think cows? Maybe eat, he's Jeremy a bird. Pruitt? Maybe he's secretly a bird. <laughs> well, what are you a cow? You a cow? I'm not a cow. Stop calling me a cow. Jeremy Pruitt also didn't get this job, although that may be for different reasons. Yet. Yeah, that's true. But no, it's your day, Iowa. We're because talking about you. Once, once Saban moves along and uh, Kevin Steele ascends the steel throne at Alabama, then Jeremy <laughs> Steel throne! <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, I think it's also possible. Maybe Nick Saban is tired oh, of like dog. having to play games where it's like, here's Nick Saban versus one of his former assistants. Mm-hmm. Who will win? It's like, yeah. you know it's who's like, not going to get a head coaching job ever again? It's Kevin Steele. will die before I do. I think do. you're onto something because what is the single biggest recruiting chip to use against Saban right now, right? Like, well, I'm Kirby Smart. I'm Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. and I can beat Nick Saban. Come play yep. here for me instead. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I beat my dad. You should play for me. Nobody's hiring Kevin Steele, so that's safe. That's off the table now. <laughs> So it really see. is a classic Saban like overcorrection. This is <laughs> you pair you pair that with going from Bill O'Brien to Tommy Reese. <laughs> so let me give you let me give you the math on this. Okay, you need yeah. ten you need ten years ten years of ten year as a state employee to qualify for or to begin qualification for a state pension. The Bill Clark in Alabama. Plan. Okay. okay, in Alabama, in the state yeah. of Alabama. All right, and. Combined with his four years of prior service at Alabama, which he's already been at, yeah. right? Um, he has 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Dude, this he's is right the on most, the cusp. This is the most. I'm uh, my. I, this is my last day, right? I'm too old for this. I'm too shit. old for this. I'm, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm a week away from retirement. One last job, right? Brother Kevin Steele needs one year, one year of service to qualify for that Alabama pension. And, brother. And he's he good. doesn't have the personality to pull off some kind of 700 club scam to make it happen. No. It, it might just be a few months. Like, it might be in October. He's like, cha-ching, bye. <laughs> God, that'd be neat. <laughs> Auburn plant Kevin Steele. You know, I bet, though, I bet Saban's persuaded by this, too. I bet Steele walked in and was like, hey, Nick, are we doing this? He's like, yeah, man, we're going to stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, I get a cut. I don't pay taxes myself, but I don't but, respect those yeah, who yeah. levy them. But I get a cut, just to be clear. <laughs> You're taking me out to Cracker Barrel every third Sunday. You hear me? <gasps> Cracker Barrel. Bro- brother, you either, you either die behind bars or down in those mines. We're getting you a pension. <laughs> yeah, David cannot conceive of someone having coached decades, but not being like... But not having a retirement plan. You mean you're not rich. Saban cannot conceive of what it's like to just trust that your money will sustain you, no matter how much you have. Because, like, in Saban's mind, he's eight seconds away from being poor at all times. Just, I just love this. I want to know the day. I want to figure out the exact day when Pension Quest is complete and Kevin Steele ascends to that of the anointed. And he's, like, out. Done. <laughs> If it is mid-October, Saban's going to be like, well, we just had a difference of opinions and thought we'd let him go. And that opinion was that Kevin thought he should go fish. <laughs> I tended to agree. Yeah. I, tended to I agree. wonder if this is um, Saban is sort of uh, setting up Bama for um, the opposite of success upon his own exit, you know, like to sort of show that like, oh, you you didn't appreciate me enough. While I'm cutting there. you off, son. Like, you need to is. you need to learn how to fend for yourself. <laughs> I've carried you for too long. Well, they didn't want me around all that bad, but now they're stuck with Kevin Steele. So, dude, he is the perfect ejection candidate, though, if Saban wants to leave, because Alabama will come to him and be like, we will pay you to leave, and Kevin Steele will say thank you. <laughs> Just Do I explained. get a pension? Check yes or no. <laughs> Works every time. Works. <laughs> I got to leave to be South Carolina interim anyway. Kevin Steele, <laughs> the black widow of college football. <laughs> you know, Kevin Steele has one. He goes and he hangs out in like Dillon, South Carolina, around where he's from. And he goes and there's one restaurant in town in the summer when he's not working that will let him eat lunch there with his shirt off. And that's where he goes and eats lunch. <laughs> Wait, I can't tell if you're making this no, up. No, that's completely yeah. true. His idea of time off is going and hanging out in upstate South Carolina shirtless. So interim he South goes Carolina and eats coach. lunch at the one place that doesn't make him put a top on. Interim South Carolina coach really is his dream job. <laughs> like, he's kind of fucking cool. I mean, he'll hide a gun. Yeah, he'll hide a gun for you. That's a fun not, you want. He doesn't want to wear his shirt. Not my shirt, though, because I want to be able to pop that bad boy off. <laughs> I just want yep. the one arm, you know, the like, how? So he and Tommy Reese are going to have a lot to talk about as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's those long car rides. Tommy Reese is going to be like, I didn't dip and I wore shirts before I came here. Hold on. So, what is Tommy Reese's middle name? All right, he's gonna be Thomas. Cut, he's gonna be, to be TK. Brother. He's gonna be TK Reese by the time this is done. Not gonna be yeah. no Tommy no more. Oh TK. <laughs> they call me Tommy Gun. <laughs> Coach Reese, have you always spoken like that? <laughs> hey Tommy Gun, while we drop the top, go dip in the back of the truck. Go Thought you never had later. You old son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Reese has his own line of boiled peanuts now. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a credence cover band. He's obsessed with getting a pension. <laughs> he said he's going to fight the Pope. He's gotten very <laughs> <laughs> He's gone Baptist. Yeah, yeah Tommy Reese is going to try to cash out a like 70-year Alabama pension. <laughs> 
Why were you trying to tear down a roadside, Thomas? Because <laughs> directions are woke. Government can't tell me where to go. Because <laughs> the steel man said so. <laughs> what do you mean one? What do you mean one way? I decide which way. <laughs> Wolfman and I are gonna go take our shirts off and eat vegetarian <laughs> food. See you later. Oh. It's not a gun. It's Reese's Pieces. <laughs> By the way, in case I do have one actual cool thing uh, to sell Alabama fans on, when Reese was going to go celebrate uh, a Notre Dame victory this year, um, he was headed down to the field, and it the game wasn't quite over, so he told the other assistant coach who was there, who still had to call play, because Reese was like, yo, man, I'm going to go party. Oh, this is, I love this about, no, 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 this yeah, is better, this good. is better. He, um, oh, shit, what was the play? He had a specific, yeah, he had a specific play drawn up. He throws down, a, a friend, a friend of ours was in the, uh, what was in the booth right next door, but he threw down the headset and was like, just call duo and ran. <laughs> just call duo until I'm back on the headset downstairs. Like, I, I, I kind of love Tommy Reese. <laughs> Just called duo, man. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think this is gonna go. I think this is gonna work out well. There'll be a cultural ex- exchange of immense import, and most importantly, most importantly, the Wolfman's close a day closer to that shirtless retirement he's been dreaming of. Never wear a shirt again. <laughs> buried shirtless. <laughs> the I mean, in a way, we're all buried shirtless. That's Bury right. Me with my pants. We're bar- we're born shirtless. We die shirtless. That's not true, sir. Hey, if you die, if you don't die shirtless, your soul can't escape. It's true. <laughs> You're stuck in a shirt forever. <laughs> yeah. Just gave away all my shirts. It's time. <laughs> That's how we knew Peepaw was ready. Listen, this this, fu- this funeral is a cruelty-free environment because the food is vegetarian and you can see this beautiful body on display, shirtless. What do nips do in death? You're describing free-range Kevin Steele. <laughs> what, like, I think it's more he doesn't want to be buried. Just, just lay me somewhere. <laughs> you know just, what? Just set me out somewhere. <laughs> A shirt will just set me out with the tater salad. We'll go bad after about the same time. Graves a dirt shirt. I don't want it. <laughs> what is the earth but a shirt? <laughs> a dirt shirt. What is the earth for a shirt but the earth's molten core? <laughs> Te- oh, I mean, if it if the molten core. Where are we on the molten core of the earth? This y'all? is a deep football the- joke, but I'm gonna. Finally, my soul has escaped its shirt. <laughs> I can't wait to be the preacher at Kevin Steele's funeral so I can stand up there and be like, of all people who should understand the importance of taking a knee when you should. Right? Jesus, dude. <laughs> he would have wanted me to remind y'all. Also, don't ever fucking take the Baylor job. <laughs> now, please remove your shirts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bow your heads and remove your shirts. <laughs> Out your heads and pop them open. Oh, God, we just wrote a country hit. Who <laughs> put it in the thing? <laughs> Bow your heads and remove your shirts. My dog and my songs truck about and my... Kevin Steele's death. <laughs> That's what he would want. Daddy dropped the top. I got dirt on my blue collar. 